0: Hey there, NFT curious listeners, this is Ethan Janney from the Edge of Company and the Edge of NFT podcast. We're here with you In Davos Switzerland today coming to you from the World Economic Forum Convention that happens here every year we're gonna bring you some of the sharpest minds and global leaders telling you what they think about what's next and how they're making it happen in today's episode we're gonna transition from one interview to the next with a sound effect briefly in between to just give you that feeling that you're here with us transitioning from one engaging conversation to the other so stay tuned sit back Back, relax and enjoy
1: welcome to the edge of nft with your hosts jeff kelly ethan Janney, and josh krieger the podcast that brings you the top one percent of nfts today and what will stand the test of time we explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how nfts are changing the way we interact with the things we love this podcast is for the dreamers disruptors and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next.
0: So we're going to have a social impact panel here at the Crypto House in Davos. I'm Ethan Janney with the Edge of Company. We're a tech media and events company. We've got the Edge of NFT podcast, the NFT LA event that's in Los Angeles, California, as well as some very interesting tech projects that are forthcoming and we have NFT projects, so on and so forth. We care very much about social impact. We've got our own NFT projects that offset carbon and plant trees, and we're really privileged and excited to be hosting this panel today. What I want to do to launch us off is just pass the mic to each of our participants, let them introduce themselves. A little bit about where they're coming from to give some context and then we'll dive into this conversation and I think it's gonna be a good one Alex why don't you get started
2: hi morning so my name is Alex Gordon and I'm here from uh, Puerto Rico and I'm here to talk about Sentry which is an NFT project for protecting old forests I'm also a co-founder of the Codex Financial Network and uh, that's a new layer one that's dedicated to sustainability. But I'm um,
3: here to talk about all road trees.
4: Excellent. Thank you. I'm Alessa Bird. I'm the founder and CEO of Top Tier Impact. We are a global ecosystem in impact investing and sustainability, really covering all sectors, like from agri-food and climate tech, all the way to web three and psychedelics. I first came across the whole web three space in 2012. It was a different world to have background in governance design. And it's been so exciting to see in the last six, nine months alone Thank the escalation of projects that we see at the intersection of impact and web three. So I'm really excited about
1: this one. Well. Rising, my name is Jonathan Berry. I'm the co-founder of the Earth Trust and NF Trees. We have a collection of NFTs that we've been showing for about a year now that plant trees and the Earth Trust is a regenerative finance and clean energy. Impact Investment Fund. And I've been in the NFT space since 2018 and just fascinated at the evolution of the industry and excited to dive deep with you all today.
3: Thank you so much for having me. My name is Lori Hotz, and I'm co-founder of a company called Lovis. Our mission is artist equity, and we have a marketplace and asset management platform for physical and digital art. I'm really excited to participate today because I think NFTs are a great way to create impact for artists, their communities, and also institutions that are the stewards of art. So thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, again, it's a privilege to have you all here. And I think that what I'd like to do right at this moment, you know, we're here at Davos. We can talk a little bit about what's going on here and what we're, what we're all going to be planning to do this week, but I'd really love to hear. Each of your experiences in creating impact previous to this day, you know, and I'd love to hear about not only the successes, what's working for you, but where are there issues? Like, where is it you have good intentions and it's just not following through and, you know, you found a solution for that or you wish something would change so that we can all have a better access to making an impact? And, and then we'll continue the conversation after we lay that foundation. Go ahead, Alex. We can switch it around. So if anybody, around if anybody bit. would like to speak first, you can volunteer. You let's send it first. Let's send it inside over inside. to Lori. Let's
1: do it, yeah.
3: So what's exciting for us is that you know Web three solves every systemic issue of the art market, and one of them is the artist's economic position within that market. Most artists earn about thirty cents on the dollar of their primary transaction smart contracts blockchain enable artists to continue to earn a royalty on the secondary market so we've had a lot of impact on emerging artists who have extended their communities using this technology and also gained economic equality in the process and they in turn always have a project that's important to them whether it's be environmental or helping younger artists, so there's a big impact there, not only to the artists, but to the communities. Likewise, we work with larger organizations like SFMOMA, um, the Obsidian Collection, and they're really stewards of the art, and they use NFTs to you know, also impact their communities. I would say that awareness and reach is really important for the success of a project we really focus on quality because we think quality always prevails in these situations and I, know, I understand everyone's view of quality is different, but um, for us it's really audience and the breadth of the audience and the quality of the drop that, that are the recipe for the successful drop. Also the artist um, participation is like critical, so.
1: Yeah, so for me, my background in the impact space uh, Started when I I created my first nonprofit about twelve years ago, and I've been deep in the area of impact, and really one of the biggest challenges that I've had has been access to capital and to funds. You know, a lot of times you you you're writing these huge grants that you put so much time and energy into, and you know by the time you're done with the project, it's like you have to write a huge report and. the task of doing that, you know, is not even worth it in the end. So NFTs as a technology for um, advancing the social issues is huge. You know, because now we have decentralized communities of people who can rapidly activate initiatives and get behind a project and fund the initiative, and at the same time be able to generate the revenue and value. And so it gives people a chance, you know, to make projects thrive. Um, for me, I've, I've published two books. I've launched numerous online programs and had impact initiatives around the world. A lot of like disaster relief type of initiatives, and I've never had NFTs to really support me. But now it's like we have this entire decentralized network of degens or what I like to call regens, regenerative degenerates, who you know can now activate new initiatives together. So I, I, I see this being a huge step for the advancement of impact projects
4: amazing yeah so when there's so much system thinking that is required when it comes to impact and this is what we see we are to take impact into the mainstream as the way of investing as the way of running companies all sectors really need to connect the dots my background is in system thinking and it's actually how i originally approached the impact space because i saw a much better way of having our companies, like our portfolios like showing up right in the ecosystem. But I also found so much space to create more synergies, like a lot of low hanging fruit. And it's ironic to reflect about this right now because I feel it keeps on reaching this escape velocity where we are able to do a lot of those dots connecting at Dr. Impact, but there is so much more to be done because the more we grow in as an ecosystem, the more of these connecting the dots there is and so i think that this intersection of impact and web3 from my perspective coming both from the impact investment space for a long time but also coming from uh, an understanding of web3 and how to use blockchain technology for designing new governance systems it feels that we're finally getting to a point where this can happen at scale it is understood and so you know i really see blockchain technology in itself as so impactful from traceability perspective, like transparency, enabling like what um, Laurie was just talking about of like ultimately getting payments like to the people who are producing value. That's just a more efficient economy to me, in fact, actually is about efficiency as well. It is about efficiency in the way that we can live, right? In the way that we can experience these beautiful lives that we're gifted with. And so, you know, that system thinking that really includes all different sectors in the picture is where I came from. And actually what I keep on sort of like chasing is like, you know, the unreachable sunset, but it is also exciting because I see the progress. I just see so much more to be done in connecting
2: with us. Beautiful. Thank you. So, um, impact in the past, and kind of problems, and where we go from here. So, between 2008 and 2010, I was working at Stanton Tours, and was involved in some of the early uh, creation of carbon market frameworks. And it's interesting, 12, 13 years on, to look at the successes and the failures of that. So, obviously, the global carbon market has picked up a lot now really really on the agenda of where the agenda of cop and so that's moving in a good direction but fundamentally the, the problem i've encountered is that doing impact right whether it's social impact whether it's environmental impact is complicated heterogeneous and nuanced, and the world tends to latch on to the things that are very simple and measurable. So like the carbon, atomic carbon is not the same in one context or another context. So what I'm really loving about the potential that uh, blockchain and NFTs are opening up, and what we're doing with uh, the old growth Forests up in British Columbia, is created a framework where the non-fungible aspects of every individual piece of forest being different are sort of abstracted out under a non-fungible token, and then the fungible aspects sit above that. So we've sort of got sophisticated enough to create frameworks that actually allow us to deal with how nuanced everything is in the real world and at the same time how simplistic the markets really need to get anything to scale because, you know, not to sort of dampen the party this morning, but if we don't change some of these things, we we don't have a very long time, and so we've got to figure out ways to actually scale up to a global level, and I see this technology as being key to that.
0: Beautiful. You know, I really appreciate you highlighting, you know, old-growth forests. You know, people talk a lot about carbon capture, carbon emissions, you know, how we're going to do it. It kind of just turns into a numbers game, right? A very concrete example from a domain that I'm in that many people don't know about is the piano industry. I've actually been a piano tuner in part of my life and, and worked within that industry. The piano soundboard is made of spruce wood, a very specific kind of spruce wood. And there's only a handful of individuals in the industry who have really taken note of the fact that that's being literally used up because it it needs to be old-growth wood. And there's going to be a certain point in the future where those soundboards of pianos cannot be made because those trees don't exist anymore because we chopped them all down. You could grow new ones, but it's going to take decades. I think you had a very important point here in saying, like, not all carbon is the same, right? It comes from different sources and the sources that it comes from also have value packed inside of them way beyond the fact yeah. that there's just carbon capture going on. So, Really appreciate that point. We're here at the crypto house and we're talking blockchain and there's all sorts of, there's a, like a buzz and energy and electricity in the air around these topics. People are really excited about it here. We don't really have to, well, you know what? I think we do challenge each other, but we generally don't have to rationalize our place in the blockchain ecosystem when it comes to is there a conflict of interest with environmentalism and you know the use of carbon excess use of energy that is a huge issue for a lot of people especially in art right especially in music where the communities don't want their artists to be affiliated with this kind of activity so i'd love to just get some thoughts from each of us on you know how you see that conversation and how you talk to people about that so that they can gain trust in, in what's going on. And because we've discussed switching it around a little bit, we'll switch around the <laughs> mic order here. Yeah, we'll let Alessa jump in first.
1: We'll go ladies first.
3: There you go.
4: I have lots to say on this topic, for sure, but before I go into that discussion, like let's just acknowledge the fact, guys, that one year ago, the press seemed to talk nonstop about energy consumption of the, the, the bitcoin protocol and now we have all these amazing web3 impact projects right that are being covered properly in a lot of cases so this has been a very fast timeline like let's just like give ourselves props for that mm-hmm. because yeah. that's just like you know a testimony to the speed in which things can move in this space. now one year ago may 2021 i remember you know being at doctor impact and uh, having people coming from so, so many different sectors like asking Okay, what about the energy consumption? What about... And so, there's something to say about that, which is obviously a larger or more mainstream understanding of the fact that this is for proof of work. Proof of work is specific to the protocol. protocol proof of stake is what, right? So there's all of that that I found really lacking in the understanding in the mainstream, and that's normal, right? That's okay, because there are a lot of complex contexts that are really easy for us, right? Like we've all been in this space for a while, uh, but are kind of tricky to bring across, right, in the mainstream messaging, so it was an easy target in a way. Uh, the energy consumption point comes as well, and that is actually why I decided like, at the time to invest, I don't know if Brittany's here, but I invested in Greenfield Mining, Max is here to represent yeah yeah and uh yeah thanks to that like i got to make an investment that is aligned with mining only with renewable energy and for me that was also making a statement about the fact that no like this is not an unsolvable problem at all and on top of that it doesn't represent what the overall space is about in that front, right and so this is just to briefly talk about the energy consumption point. i think that now with all the success stories that are starting to come up with all the other applications, right, like the applications of the technology to create impact, right, to create uh, a value system that has a kind of transparency, that has uh, inclusive structures, whether it's funds, right, distributed funds, uh, obviously other things that we're talking about today. I think we have plenty of examples, but what I really want to stress out is that it's our job as well to do our best to and educate on these issues right because last year when we were really found that it became an easy target to just demonize this energy consumption specifically just of the bitcoin protocol without necessarily having a broader understanding right of how other protocols and systems work i, echo what said. I
3: think that highlighting the issues with blockchain and you know, its impact on the environment was fantastic because it created a lot of innovation around the space and people wanting to, you know, mitigate those issues. So I think that's amazing. I think it's an objection that can be overcome at this point, Like I think there's options. And it's true, every artist or institution we speak to, they're like, I don't want to do more harm by creating something that's good. On the flip side, like we committed to a $25 million project at the Vatican with African ambassadors, and that money is all, a lot of it is going to go to reforestation and um, creating a positive environmental impact there, so I think that people are thinking about impact projects in a way that also mitigates
2: any of that yeah, so I think there's a proof-of-stake and a proof-of-work on to the question. So the proof-of-stake one is simple. You know, a Codex, we've, we're we launching a chain tomorrow. Uh, come along and, and hear about this. But uh, a proof-of-stake chain that is extremely energy efficient and that is offsetting carbon. And we see that Avalanche, Near, and other chains like that are also really doing the work that literally if you're operating on that blockchain or on our blockchain, you're creating a negative carbon impact. So I also think there is a place for proof of work. And I think the Bitcoin protocol is going to remain. And um, with proof of work, it's a bit more nuanced, but it's kind of interesting. Like I was talking to someone last night who's developing um, super high efficient chips that are be able to process with a significantly lower energy cost than current, uh, current chips. And a big driver for that is the profitability of Bitcoin mining. And so Bitcoin mining can create uh, opportunities for renewable energy that would not otherwise be profitable with this off-grid to become profitable. It can fill some of the gaps where there is supply-demand uh, imbalances. And actually, if you look on a nuanced way, you can see that even straight up bitcoin proof of work mining actually shifts the um innovation and the sort of uh infrastructure build in such a way as to uh move us into a better direction it's a super hard story to actually get into a one-page tabloid article but it's it's real and i think we're seeing more data about that at the time yeah
1: so I think on a macro scale, if you think about the difference between the traditional monetary system, how the money is being utilized with the legacy systems, and then looking at the, the cost of innovation um, in the blockchain space and the advancement of environmental initiatives and change that is coming from blockchain. If you were to compare the amount of oil that's burned from everyone having to drive to the bank to go and do their banking and the brick and mortar and the energy of the cost that go into keeping the lights on in the bank. I think if you were to compare the two, to blockchain versus the traditional legacy system, I think we would see the, the cost of innovation being uh, an investment that's worth humanity for humanity's future. So um, in, in the long run, you know, it's like in order to send a rocket to space, you, know, you have to blow up a few rockets, but you know, like the, the, the bigger that the chunks get and when the explosion happens, that's advancement happening, you know? And so, I think we're on a, a good trajectory uh, for a sustainable future on the blockchain. I'll just add a
4: quick thing. I think Bitcoin mining at this point has done quite a bit for the advancement of renewable energy and for like, helping it to drop the costs because it is truly incentivized to make that happen.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. It's a pattern, I think, with new technology. You know, we always see that, that people have their problems with it. I I was hosting another uh, Twitter spaces recently, and somebody was bringing up the fact that uh, the light bulb, you know, when the light bulb first came out, this thing's going to burn my house down, you know. And it takes a while for adoption of these things. But the other very natural piece of something that's new is... I think, for some reason, it's always easy to see the drawbacks, but the advantages are always yet to come, right, because you have to engage with it. You have to kind of see what all the possibilities are. And I had that personal experience in a totally different domain, just kind of doing online education in places where say, oh, you can't learn that online, right? Oh, but actually there's advantages to doing that online. You know, there's, there's, you can get more people, you can deliver the content in a more curated way. So I think uh, these are great points at, as to say that there's a lot of benefits that even re- remain to be seen. All right, a lot could be said on that, but let's just dive right in here. We're in Davos. I really want to hear from everybody, how do you treat you know this week here? Have you been here before? Have you seen any interesting changes over the years, if so? But like, how do you make an impact while you're here? Do you have some any interesting strategies or things you'd like to share? Um, I'll let, um, let's go back over to you, John. Awesome.
1: Yeah, so um, this is my virgin year at Davos this year, and it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I always get mixed media in the mainstream. You know, you get the, the news about Davos on CNN, and then you get the news from Davo, Davos on the other platforms that aren't still mainstream. And, um, you know, I, I was having a great conversation with Brock Pierce last night, and he was like, you know, there's so many people out there who are hating on, on Davos and WEF, and uh, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like it's like if you've got a message to share, if you have something that's important that you want to get out on a global platform, then then show up and share your voice. because if you don't show up, then your message will not be heard. You know And so I think that you know there's this uh, article that came out about, Davos is dead or something like that. And it's like, no, Davos is just getting started. And, uh, you know, there's also the article about, you know, Davos is the new burning man. So I think that we're going to see an entirely new generation of influence and affluence that's going to roll in uh, in, into this space and um, become even more of a platform for uh, decentralized collaboration to take place.
3: I like Alessa, I'm also a systems thinker, and I see the convergence, especially with Web3, of NGOs, not for profits, and private organizations. We're experiencing it every day. Um, we're working with a group called the Obsidian Collection, and they're digitizing black history so black people can tell their own story. We're launching their NFT project that's all pictures of Martin Luther King not getting shot and um, so changing that narrative as well and you know that's going to be impactful and for culture and i think that's the type of partnerships i'm looking for i think that this type of technology really lends itself to creating communities that are not siloed and that's what's exciting to me
4: what is dead here at davos is the old way of doing things What is that is just having a bunch of politicians and corporates getting together in a few rooms and talking about their stuff like nobody else matters. I think that at this point it just cannot be ignored by the mainstream, by us being here today and this week, that we are building an inclusive multi-stakeholder society because by the way it's even in the benefit of those politicians and corporates gathering together. So that is what is that on our books that doesn't exist anymore. And I think that this year, having been at Davos before, this year, it's so clear to me that the whole focus has shifted to everything that is about innovation to be side events. Like, I don't know if you guys have checked out like the corporate houses a bit further down the road. Like They seem to be empty all the time. When I was here in 2019, I got one of the official badges. And I went once to one of the you know, official events and you know it was a room full, of, full, half full of suits. And then I didn't go before uh, after that and I found that the connections and uh, the topics that were discussed in the side events already back then were what I really got value from and I felt a different energy and I think that energy is more present than ever and easier. And this year, uh, people who are part of organizing the main web are finding that there is a low turnout on the corporate side. But on this side here, I think the turnout is pretty great. And so I think that like our new paradigm is being represented really well. And this is what is not that and it's going to be for a very long time. So have these have become, like Jonathan was saying, a distributed like, con- a, like, conglomerate of people coming from different sectors, like different countries.
2: To get together in a unique place like this, I think that is definitely here to stay. Let's go. <laughs> I think to say. Excellent. <laughs> there
0: you go. Yeah, very exciting. Very exciting to be here, and and can't help but have that feeling of these these other eras where you know they say intellectuals got together in coffee shops and you know bars and just kind of got to have these really. Just just the discussions that they wanted to have, but that ended up having a huge impact, right? Because the word spread or people came together and sort of did these things as a collective. So it's a it's a very exciting theme. So I know we all have other things to do here, we have to, we have to wrap up soon and we have to get on with all the activity here. Um, appreciate every, everyone for joining us. There's kind of two things I want to address before we leave. One we can delve into a little bit um, and the other is just to, for you guys to share about where people can go to find out more about you. But first I want to ask, because we've been talking about our own projects a bit, what inspires you? In social impact, outside of what you're doing, you know, is there something that has ins- that is inspired it, literally what you do? So I see that, and I've kind of mimicked what's going on, or just to say, I, I see that, and it, it makes me feel like I can do something special, um, and that there's something good going on. So yeah, let's let's head right over to Lori. I was in banking for a long time. I worked
3: at like Bazaar, Lehman Brothers, people remember that, it. and um, it's very transactional. Like the nature of corporate business is very transactional. And what inspires me about Web3 is how community based it is. And to me that is so powerful. I think community can accomplish anything and a continued jungle versus a world that's so transactional and that's that's really what inspires me.
1: Yeah, for me I just see uh the, the, the trajectory that we are on with NFTs and uh, the power that they have as you know every NFT becoming its own business, every NFT becoming its own bank, uh, NFTs as currency, um, uh, disrupting our perspective on, on what a currency, a fungible token is, and realizing that value is generated by communities and re- really realizing that in a decentralized uh, a, a planet now the, the, with, the, with the technology that we now have, we're going to start to see these DAOs really begin to uh, infiltrate every single industry and, and, and shift the way that we work together and um, when other systems fail us, DAOs, NFTs, NFTs, and the blockchain will be there to uh, take us into the next level of humanity's uh, timeline to in.
4: Absolutely, agree. That is what's happening, like the trajectory is very exciting. And even before it started becoming clear that NFTs like DAOs can be such a powerful force for impact, I found that observing what happened early on with NFTs as it started growing a lot, which is getting artists involved, I have quite a few friends uh, in uh, in you know that industry in the creative industry, like artists who would come and like you know tell me about it, And I just found that mind blowing how quickly it happened. And I remember at the time actually, NFTs really started to get more mainstream, and I was getting uh, I, I was being asked to get on the advisory board of the the first publicly traded NFT investment fund, and I told those guys, I have no idea by the way, like things are happening and changing every day, so like. Let's make sure that we make that clear because I just found that some of my friends like in the creative industry, like they were just using all these projects that I wasn't even even hearing of. And so the Cameron explosion earlier on, even before it became clear that impact is taking over, just seeing such a different group of people getting involved with the technology that up until that point, quite frankly, was very much for a niche is very exciting and so i'm just looking forward to see with daos as well with the wave of daos that uh is starting to really happen now who else that we're not expecting can get involved in this space
2: so one thing that i found really inspiring was the crypto communities uh raising 70 million dollars for ukraine in a very short period of time and from from sort of community fundraising to distribution, to funds being used for rations and for aid, being just a matter of a week or two. And obviously the 40 billion that the American government is sending is a much larger number, but a lot of lives have been saved in the intervening time. So we obviously, you know, we the people need to learn how to scale these kinds of efforts even larger the, than that one but i believe that fundamentally the philanthropic model is kind of close to dead i think that we're heading i say this we're heading into a time of pretty increased turbulence in the world the climate change and famine and various things and the traditional aid model is too slow too bureaucratic too based on grant writing too kind of broken and so i'm inspired by possibility of giving the people of the world the opportunity to actually help each other and raise each other and i think this technology although nascent is uh, really the only way that i can see that that's going to happen in the timeline required
0: beautiful answers everyone appreciate all that i feel like it was just a foregone conclusion as at, with with all the context that we've created here that there that if there isn't a WEF dow that there needs to be one and if WEF doesn't create it, probably somebody else is just gonna create it. And they're gonna have to just become a part of a DAO that was created without them, right? And that's gonna open up pos- very, very interesting possibilities. All right, so we're gonna wrap here in a minute, but before we do, um, this will be published on, on, uh, online and, and on a podcast, and so way beyond this room. And so we wanna make sure we would get the message out for each of you of where people can go to find out more about you and your projects, and uh, we'll just send it down the line, and then we'll bring it back and I'll wrap it up and and we'll move on.
2: Hi, so you can find out more about Sentry at Sentry.org, C-E-N-T-R-E-E.org. It's the Old Grove Forest Project. You can find out more about Codex at CodexForAll.com, C-O-D-E-X, F-O-R-A-L-L.com.
4: Top Tier Impact. We are at toptierimpact.com. Some members are here in the room representing. We have a global network you can apply to. And uh, we have a newsletter as well every week covering all things impact.
1: Yes, you can learn about me, the Human Trust Foundation, and the Earth Trust at humantrustfoundation.org. And also there is a Davos DAO And it's created by a unit with Michael Healy, so definitely check it out. It'd be a good one to invest into and be a part of.
3: Um, Our company is Lobus, and you can look us up at lobus, L-O-B-U-S dot I-O. And we also have a weekly newsletter, and it's a great way to discover artists and discover impact projects that um, I think are worth being a part of.
0: Excellent, and uh, we'll wrap it up there. Then I'm Ethan Janney. Again, I'm with the Edge of Company. We're a tech media and events company. We've got the Edge of NFT podcast. We've got NFT LA, some tech projects coming. We'd like to thank the Crypto House for hosting this. Oh my goodness, what a wonderful thing. Brittany Kaiser for bringing us all together today. I think she did a wonderful job, you know, just really on on a fast pace, curating uh, wonderful conversations like this. To find out more about us, you can go to edgeofnft.com. You can go to nftla.live. And I will, I will say, just because we're here and we're, we've got some interesting stuff going on, um, our living tree project is coming soon, and we will plant 25 trees for every one of those that's minted. And so I'd like people to go and check out two things. I'll give you two web addresses, you can write them down and check them out later. One is edgeofnft.com AR, and you'll get a chance to see this augmented reality tree that's part of our collection, you can actually plant it right in front of you. And the other is gonna be edgeofnft.com spaces. And we're putting people on a green list so they can get involved into that project early and be some of the first people to mint these NFTs. So go ahead and check that out. We'll leave that open for a brief window here, probably 24 to 48 hours from airing this online as well as uh, today. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate thank this conversation. You. Thank, you. Thank, you, thank you so much.
5: Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com. It's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakra tingle to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplaces, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGens who strive to shed the cumberbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership, not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale, and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht.
0: All right. Well, we've been really privileged to talk to these world leaders here in Davos, Switzerland. Thanks for joining us on this journey. We have reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks everyone for exploring with us. We've got space though for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends, recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com
5: to dive further down the rabbit hole. You can also come and participate in edgeofnft.com slash discord and get to know the community. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. And thanks for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. We understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.